It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's Your Life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and, you know, it's Monday. And we always have to begin the week, especially the first day of the week, in top-notch fashion and bring you uh, some of the best stories and some of the best things that we can always make sure that we're making people's lives better. That's what, what It's Your Life is all about. And Noah, I tell you, my friend, we got this guest here, young young guest, doing great things out there. And she's uh, helping folks, but she's also doing all she can to help combat social injustice. Injustice, And uh, we always need, because the world is all about love, not hate. Yeah, it's good to uh, find out a little bit more about your guest today. I was reading your bio, very, very excited about it. And as you and I talked about it on my show this last weekend, it's all about love and just trying to come together. And, and that's what it's all about, man. Love coming together and uh, uh, making sure that you do your portion to uh, help make this world a better place and and help bring everybody together. And everybody got a purpose, like we talked about the other day. And everybody has their own different, you know, con- contributions to uh, ensuring that. Um, we do all we can uh, to uplift everybody in the world, not just the United States, not just uh, San Diego, not just Dallas, not just this, but the whole world. And I believe that this young lady is contributing a lot. I was just going to, I liked what you had said that, you know, we all have a different purpose and it's all about realizing that and also how we can help one another with those different gifts to achieve something truly great. Wow. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that tonight, but Noah, we just got back to Dallas, just got back here. Uh, how are things in Texas? <laughs> Man, we got back two days ago. Uh, yeah, we got back on Saturday from being a week in Temecula, and um, we're glad to be back at home and pick up our dog, Bella, Black Lab. I know you always miss your dog. Oh, yeah. She is so, so hyper, but, um, you know, it was good seeing our son, and we came back here, and now we're relaxing and just enjoying the um, beginning of this week. And, and, and Noah, uh, just like I was talking to you earlier today, man, uh, I uh, got back here. I had an appointment at the VA hospital in Dallas. That was about an hour drive. And I, that was my first time ever going there. And uh, I get, get there. And it's like I'm in a brand new, I'm talking about the hospital is a city. <laughs> it's kind of like Star Trek. I Some mean, of these <laughs> hospitals are pretty big, man. man this is the biggest VA hospital uh, in the world. <laughs> I mean, and I get there, I'm lost. Uh, and but long and short of the story, and I'm gonna make an idiot out of myself. But uh, I parked because I was trying to get to my uh, appointment, uh-huh. and I forgot to look up. And you know how you, how you see the G sign, the K signs, or whatever. Oh, uh, don't worry, you're not alone. I do this to myself all the time. Man, when I finished the uh, appointment, I went out the wrong side. Out. No, oh, no. Not, I could not find my car. I walked up, and I, I'm telling you the truth, for an hour looking up and down, and I had the little red thing uh, tuning in. After an hour, I like okay, uh, uh, something ain't right. So I, I, I'm, I don't feel bad, JC. I've done it at Disneyland, and it, it was a two and a half hour adventure. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had to call the police, man. Yeah, you have to. You know, at that point, you don't have no any choice. And, and Michelle, this is so her first wait, time hearing so this. So no, and now I know why James was late coming home. <laughs> I'm trying hey, to find his car. <laughs> hey, but I was talking to Noah. <laughs> but uh, 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 long and short of story, the police uh, asked me, and he said, uh, we, we drove around for about 10 minutes. He said, you are on the west side of this how did you did you go up a hill i said yes <laughs> man i felt like a fool but you know i'll tell you sometimes we live and learn <laughs> and and uh, uh listen to audience get ready uh for this young lady uh she is going to bring it i mean, i am totally inspired and if you want to join in on the conversation that's one 888 that's one 888 Three four four eleven seventy, and Michelle, can you tell our listening audience about the purpose of today's show? Yes, receiving an inside look of a therapist's focus on treating systemic injustice, learning the fundamentals and principles of grounded therapy, understanding self-care and some of the ways people are adapting mentally and coping psychologically during this pandemic. And uh, no, you just as you know, this pandemic has taken a toll on all of us. On all of us, in in different ways, and we've all had to really find ways to come together to get through it. You know, and the different ages, especially like uh, kids, I think have been really affected by it. Uh, the elderly the same way, but again, it's about understanding what we have each been through and trying to come out on the other side. And, and you know, and that's what it's all about. As long as we learn something from this, and long as we prepare ourselves to make sure that we're prepared for the next pandemic. It's going to be another one. You already know that. Uh, but we got to learn from this one. Michelle, can you introduce our fantastic, our fabulous guest? Can you do that? Yes, I will introduce our fantastic, fabulous guest, Lillian Farzan. As a first-generation American and the daughter of Iranian Jewish immigrants, Lillian grew up with an acute awareness of oppression, discrimination, and equity. Her passion for understanding the impact of intersectionality on an individual's trajectory has led her to the valuable work of therapy. Lillian's private practice, Grounded Therapy, welcomes clientele from diverse backgrounds, and she focuses on working with individuals who are impacted by systemic injustice. With her clinical roots in working with survivors of sexual assault, she is passionate about providing trauma-informed and feminist-based treatment to individuals who may feel unwelcome in their communities due to both external and external perceptions of their identity. Lillian also works with clients to provide clarity around topics such as racial identity development, LGBTQ and identity development, sexual trauma, and family systems. Lillian uses a relational and social justice-oriented approach with the understanding that identity plays a large component in an individual's anxiety and depression, among other very human struggles. She works with her clients through assessing their unique strengths and areas of growth to create treatment plans that embrace their varying stories. The James Cooley Show is July proudly presents Lillian Farzan. Lillian, welcome to the James Cooley Show is July. How are you doing today? Thank you so much, James and Michelle. I am very excited to be here. We are so excited to have you, but uh, can you tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself and where you grew up? Absolutely. So I grew up in Westville, California. I was telling you both earlier, you got a real-life valley girl on your hands. And uh, <laughs> both of my parents are from Iran. They're both Jewish, as, as you mentioned a minute ago. And they fled Iran after the revolution. And so, uh, yeah, I identify as first-generation Iranian-American. Wow. So that's fantastic, fantastic. What did you complete your college degree, and what is your degrees in? Absolutely. So I attended UC Santa Cruz for undergrad. It's a beautiful place. And then I went on to get my master's in marriage and family therapy at USC. You know, uh, I got a, a, a very good friend of ours, 
that also went to uh, 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 Santa Cruz. And she also graduated from USC. You guys must wow. be partners. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lillian, what inspired or led you to pursue a career in counseling and therapy? So I'm actually a child of divorce, which in my case means that I was mitigating issues uh, from a very young age and learning how to help soothe those around me. That wasn't intentional. It just sort of naturally happened. And then it snowballed into being that person, the mom of the group in my friend circles and thereafter. So I really feel like I've been training for this since I was quite young. Wow. So uh, you've been preparing for this movement, and you've been preparing to be on the James Cooley show. And so we're so happy to have you. But, you know, we're going to take a station break. But we're going to come back and continue our conversation with Lydia. It's your life from James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and we got this fantastic guest that's going to educate us on a lot of different things. Most importantly, uh, social injustice and how do we... uh, uh, in, the, in the injustice system and how we kind of combat that, but how do we all work together? If you want to be part of the conversation, please call in. If you got a, a answer, or opinion, or, or a server, call in at one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Lydian, uh, the question that Michelle had asked, and I'm gonna let you finish that was. What inspired or led you to pursue a career in counseling and therapy? Can you finish that? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I I think I I finished. It was mostly just family conflict. I I grew up sort of mitigating and growing up around that. And then it naturally led to being this sort of helper in other settings, whether it was with friends, cousins, whoever. And so I, I think I mentioned a moment ago, I feel like I've been training for this since I was a child. Wow. Lillian, um, what additional training did you pursue in this field? So I've tried to immerse myself as much as possible in conversations surrounding intersectionality. So I'll give you an example. Uh, I did attend trainings on working with clients that are both from diverse backgrounds as well as a part of the LGBTQ community. And I've worked in various institutions, one being the Institution for uh, Girls Development in Pasadena. And I worked exclusively with girls, young women, as well as the LGBTQ community there. So there was a ton of supervision and getting client hours, taking my licensure exam, all of that. 
Wow, that sounds, that sounds like a lot of training. Um, oh, it so, was quite the journey. I bet. So, Lillian, can you describe what is social justice-oriented therapists? Absolutely. So I think that that really depends on who you ask. In my case, I work with people of color and the queer community, and I often am focusing on the ways in which my clients are being marginalized due to systemic injustice. So, you know, rather than trying to reframe my client's very real experience with racism, for example, I'm acknowledging, I'm validating the ways in which our society might minoritize them. And I find this to be really crucial because most often clients can feel they're most vulnerable in therapy. I mean, ideally, this is the place that you're telling all your deepest, darkest secrets to. And so it should be the last place that stereotypes or microaggressions should be perpetuated. Wow. How is this work personal to you and your identity? So as I mentioned, my parents are from Iran. Uh, They left the country when they were college age. So imagine leaving at 18 and never going back due to injustice and oppression against women as well as the Jewish community played a very real part. So because of that narrative and sort of uh, an absence of a homecoming, I, I feel like I only know the tip of the iceberg when it comes to that part of my identity. And then besides that, I owned in on my passion for social justice during college and grad school. So I always think back to classes like psychology and law, women's studies, community activism. And to me, Michelle, facilitating a safe space for individuals that face systemic injustice is really near and dear to my heart. Wow. Yeah. And so over the last, uh, I guess, year and a half, two years uh, uh, during the pandemic, uh, we have had a lot of hate crimes and, uh, you know, identity uh, where I, I don't I don't get it uh, in, in most cases. But what kind of identity development work have you been doing uh, during that time frame? Thank you, James. So, I mean, there has been a lot of just normalizing the whole range of human expression because so many different feelings come up when there's collective trauma after trauma. And so this means different things for different people. Also, I'll say uh, in the Asian American community, for example, there are so many mixed feelings in terms of realizing and expressing grief over trauma. Uh, And a lot of that is because they've uh, absorbed societal or cultural norms that are telling them to um, shrink themselves or, you know, that their proximity to whiteness means that they're not allowed to be suffering and they're somehow invisible because of this model minority myth. And that really creates an unrealistic amount of pressure. So I, I think really just being able to hold that and normalize, you're allowed to feel this way. And it's, it's okay to not be okay. It's also okay to have mixed feelings about it. You know, you are so good. <laughs> in our discussion, um, you mentioned uh, the phrase protecting your peace. Can you explain that, what that means to our listening audience? Absolutely. This is one of my favorite concepts. So to me, this boils down to prioritizing your mental health and For many of my black, brown, and Asian clients, it can mean going from obsessively checking Twitter to deleting the app for the weekend. Maybe instead of um, uh, listening to the news on their lunch break, they're watching cute cat videos. And and it's not like you got to stick your head in the sand forever and not be aware of what's going on, but it's also important to take breaks so you don't feel like you're drowning in the 24-hour news cycle. You know, I, th- I think our listening audience really, really need to hear this. Uh, well, we got a uh, we, we got someone on the on the call that want to ask you a oh. question. Alice, are you are you still there? Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. How you doing? How you doing? Welcome to the I'm James Cooley Show. You? It's your life. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I um, I'm really enjoying the talk. Hi, Lillian. This is Alex. Hello. Uh, <laughs> and so I know that you just 
<laughs> I know you had just mentioned um, protecting your peace, but we also wanted to know um, if you can kind of go over some strategies that black and brown folks can um, like use um, considering all of the, this tumultuous time of civil unrest that we're all going through right now. Thank you so much for calling, Alex. Yes, so this comes up a lot. And uh, when I have this conversation with clients, it's really letting them know, you know, you are experiencing so much trauma in this moment. You're experiencing the whole gamut of feelings. You don't have to educate people that don't know what's going on or that are committed to misunderstanding you. You don't have to put your effort into any of that. You just, you, you, can just focus on your healing. You can just process your trauma in the moment and acknowledge that you're going through a lot and you don't really owe anyone a whole lesson. You know, that that's work that they can do themselves. Wow, that's great. I, I definitely think that's so important for us to um, recognize because I think a lot of us want to, like, teach others because we're just so passionate about, you know, making sure people know what's up. So thank you so much, Lily. Absolutely. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> that was that was a great question, um, Lillian. Um, prior to the pandemic, what was your daily and weekly schedule like? So, Michelle, as you know, things were so, so different before the pandemic. And I'll say that on an external broad sense, but also for me, I was pre-licensed. So I was still gaining my hours. I still had a supervisor. So that means I was going to his place of work, seeing clients in person, which feels so foreign and, and far away at this point. Um, I also had a lot less autonomy in terms of uh, how I could form my schedule, and it, it's a lot more flexible now. Wow. So how has your schedule and services changed since the pandemic? Yeah, so now I see clients from my computer at home. Bagged lunches have become fresh lunches, and I, I can be more mindful, and uh, a lack of commuting has been quite positive in terms of being able to focus on my own self-care and put more investment into my clients. And, you know, although the quality may not be the same in terms of not being able to see all of the body language or being able to relate in person, I'm still able to do great work. I'm also able to avoid traffic in LA, which to me is self-care as well. Wow. So Lillian, um, has there been any challenges you've experienced doing it virtual? I mean, things that you have to, let's say, overcompensate for not being face-to-face with your clients? Yeah, so this is, a, I'm glad that you're asking this because it's super relevant right now. And, of course, there are technical difficulties at times, whether it's my Internet connection or the connection of my client. So sometimes that makes for choppier sessions. Uh, but it doesn't seem to get too much in the way. It, it's nothing that an Ethernet cord can't help resolve. You know, so uh, are you having fun in, in what you're doing right now? I am. I, I mean, especially because I'm here with you all. So it's really nice. We were talking earlier. It's really nice to be able to balance the intensity of the one-on-one -on -one individual therapy with being able to talk to great folks like you and discuss what I'm doing and reach a, a broader audience in this way. And not, not just that, but uh, you bring in uh, extremely needed help uh, to your clients and, uh, and uh, working with them to make sure that whatever issues and concerns that they might have, uh, that uh, they're not alone in this and that we can all work this out together. To be honest with you, James, I, you know, as, just after I finished my, my answer the first time, I, I kind of went back in time to last year during um, the height of police brutality last March, George Floyd being murdered and all of that. And I told one of my close friends, I, I feel like I am really working in my life's purpose because I'm working with black and brown people. I'm working with minoritized communities that are experiencing so much trauma and I, I, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else during these times. It's really hard. 
it's so important. And you know what? We're going to take a station break. But we're going to come back. And we're going to continue our conversation with Lily. It's your life. from James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego, streaming now on TuneIn.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and uh, Lydian is bringing it, and uh, she's educating all of us, and we all got to come together. We all got to work together. We all have to get through this pandemic. We all have to prepare to just be happy and love each other. And Noah, uh, this is your time. And uh, what's your thoughts so far? Absolutely. It's fantastic. I'm love hearing what she's having to say. And you and I have talked on your show, on my show, about the importance of mental health and about love, James, uh, just you know, trying to encourage one another. So my question for Lillian is because I do feel that there's a huge uh, stigma with mental health, especially in in the male community. You have more of a pride thing come forth. I don't need that. I'll figure it out myself or when I have time for it. What do you think is the main thing that keeps people from coming and getting the mental health uh, therapy that they deserve? Because I found it, especially being a single father, uh, as probably one of the most beneficial things for my family that I've ever experienced. Okay. I can't hear her. Right she now. is up. She Don't know what hear. happened. Uh, okay. Uh, we can't hear her right now, uh, but uh, we're going to try to reach out to her. Uh, to, can you hear her in the background, Noah? I cannot. I will probably have to redial her. Okay. But, Hello, but, Noah. I'm right okay. here. Oh, there you are. Hello. <laughs> nice yeah, to have yeah. you back. Did you hear my question? <laughs> nice to be back. No, I couldn't hear anything. Do you mind repeating yourself? Oh, sure. No, I was just telling James and I were talking, and we all often talk about on his show, I've talked about it on my show, the importance of mental health. And I think there's a lot of people out there, maybe not a lot, I'm going to say there's some people out there that maybe because of a pride thing or some other uh, third thing that they feel well, I'll get to it when I have the time or I don't really need it. I found in my personal experience, it is one of the most invaluable things that you can do for yourself and for your family. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what you said, referencing stigma, I mean, that is so huge and it really varies culture by culture. In so many communities, uh, people view therapy as something that people go to if they're broken. And I would say that that's really one of the biggest misconceptions. And it's unfortunate because a lot of people feel like they can't access something that would be invaluable, just like you said, and help them process a lot of trauma or everyday distress or just being able to have a space in which they can show up and kind of take that mask off. And what would you do say to somebody out there? Maybe they're listening and they, they've kind of been on the fence about maybe going to seek therapy and to say, hey, you know what? It, it, it's okay. It's actually going to make you, a, at the end of the day, it's going to make you a stronger person to who you were meant to be. I, oh, I think, I think we, we lost her again. I think we lost her again. But, but uh, Noah, uh, those are fantastic questions. And uh, 
we we might have to call her back. Uh, I'm talking about you. Uh, but uh, why don't you expand on what we were just talking about, and I'll go ahead and give her a ring back. Yeah, I mean, at those uh, type of questions and so those type of things uh, help makes uh, uh, a, a person better. It, it helps uh, expand the insight of everything that we do in our society uh, to you know try to bring peace and joy and happiness uh, to everything that we do and. You know, we have to continue to have open discussions and open minds uh, uh, in order to uh, be able to, I tell you, just just make this world a better place. No, are you still there? Noah? Sorry, I was trying to dial out to Lillian and I'm unable to get her at the moment. Yeah, I don't know what happened to her, but, uh, you know, this is uh, such a, a wonderful conversation uh, that, that, that she is having. And, and one of the things that uh, I, I, I want to talk to her about is um, self-compassion and, and not just uh, uh, locking in on what we call the I statement. I, a lot of people lose uh, track because... Uh, you know, they are, are, are locked in on themselves. Hey James, we got her back. Oh, we got oh, her back? <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, I tell you, we're going to go to another question. But no, no, you come back and ask her that question in a minute. But uh, I'm going to ask her this question about uh, Lydium. Would you say a little bit more? I mean, we talked about uh, the self-compassion uh, and the I statement. Can you explain that to our listening audience? Yes, I would love to. So these are things that come up with almost every client, regardless of who they are. And I talk a lot about self-compassion when my clients' inner critics are sort of running wild and having a field day. I might ask them if they would speak the same way they speak to themselves as they would maybe their niece or nephew, let's say they have a, a baby cousin or something like that. And Usually when I provide this reframe, they are brought to tears because they're able to see how much they're kicking themselves down. I'm sorry, they're kicking themselves when they're down. You know, you're already really low, and then you're just bullying yourself, and and that's tough. Lillian, what fundamentals and principles do you reinforce and teach to people you counsel? So I would say that the concepts that come up most often, uh, like I said, regardless of who the clients are, would be boundaries, self-compassion, and I statement. Oh, okay. So how do you approach discussions regarding boundaries with a multicultural clientele? So this is one of my favorite questions. Uh, It's no surprise that therapy and much of our training is based off of a a white standard, similar to a a lot of research that's done in our country. And so I find it important to acknowledge with my clients that there's really no one-size-fits-all approach. For example, um, I-statements, which I can go into a bit more um, that sort of thing. So I'll speak first on, on what an I statement is. Let's say uh, I'm frustrated with someone um, because they keep canceling our plans last minute. So instead of saying, hey, you know, you're such a flake or, or you're so unreliable, because that might uh, offend the other person, they may feel insulted, no one's going to be listening to you when they feel insulted. So if I make an I statement, if I say I feel frustrated because I've noticed this pattern of you canceling last minute, let's say the last five times we've made plans, uh, then that's really having the opportunity to take responsibility for my own emotional experience and express that versus calling the other person names or telling the other person who they are, uh, which oftentimes just results in the other person shutting down and not listening. So all of that to say, back to your question, sorry about that. Um, Sometimes I statements might not be appropriate, let's say, with elders in a collectivist culture. Um, Maybe your grandma doesn't care that she frustrated you, you know? (laughs) And maybe it's sort of tough love is the cultural norm. So uh, acknowledging that there's really no one-size-fits-all and working with my clients to, to teach them skills, but also recognizing that they're the expert of their own lives and and they know uh, their own culture and situation better than I do. 
Letting your your business is called the grounded uh, therapy. And so, uh, uh, when and why did you come up with that title? And what is grounded therapy? So I came up with this title. I was living with uh, one of my best friends from grad school. She's also a therapist. And it came from a number of things, but I think most importantly that I feel really grounded when I'm in nature, uh, and I know I'm not alone in that. So I think that routine and ritual and nature allow me to feel grounded, exercising control over the things that I can in my inner world help me feel contained, uh, especially when there's so much chaos in the collective, as we've all witnessed with the pandemic, things change every day and they continue to do so um so with my clients i'm able to prompt them to consider coping skills that allow them to feel held or contained or grounded if you will in their own way lillian what key trends have you noticed in your clinical work during this time um i think that clients Sometimes they simply need a soundboard for the very many mixed feelings that they're experiencing, especially considering the hate crimes we discussed earlier. Um, Clients need to hear that they can feel both completely broken regarding police brutality, for example, while also being able to experience gratitude for, let's say, a promotion. So I think reminding them that, you know, it's okay to not be okay It's okay that you feel exhausted. We're in over a year during a pandemic and things are changing day by day and that's exhausting. Given the hype associated with self-care, what does that mean? So to me, self-care for the longest time has been uh, partaking in activities because I want to versus because I should. So I'm often asking clients, are you doing this thing? Are you going to your cousin's house because you want to or you feel like you should and you're going out of obligation? Uh, And I think that that question really helps empower, uh, I mean, not just myself, but also clients and friends of mine when they realize that they have a choice. Uh, Lately, self-care has also meant doing things that maybe I'm not necessarily thrilled about doing. So if I have to do chores on the weekend, it still is taking care of myself and sort of preparing future Lillian uh, for the week ahead. So I do think it's a balance of the two. You know, Lillian, um, you just mentioned doing chores. That's just like an example. (laughs) But even when I do chores or things around the house, I turn on music that I like and I dance while I'm doing chores. So that's self-care to me. So I know everybody's different. But... um, Question, since the initial implementation of pandemic restrictions, has self-care changed? If yes, how? Okay, so I'm going to answer that, but I also want to mention, Michelle, what you said about turning on music, and this does relate to your question. So I'm sometimes asking clients, how can you make that thing at least 5% more enjoyable? So if you are dancing to um Whitney Houston in your kitchen while you're also washing the dishes and you kind of got a little groove on, you take a dance dance break and all of that stuff. That is incredible. That is self-care. And that sort of 5% that you think is small will add up if you keep applying that logic um, throughout your day. And did I not answer the second part, Michelle? No, but well, hold on. (laughs) Uh, We're going to take a, we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back. Because we want you to answer that second part. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. We'll be back shortly with Lillian. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. 
We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, we're having uh, fun with Lydian. If you want to join in on the conversation, that's one 1170 Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Hey, Lillian. Um, you were answering the second part of this question. Basically, since the initial implementation of pandemic restriction, has self-care changed? If yes, how? Okay, so absolutely. Uh, I, I'm typically with clients talking about what their coping skills are. Many people don't know about the things that make them happy until we, I sort of ask them and we sit down and we compile a list. So it could be eating licorice. It could be wearing the color yellow. It could be getting bubble with your friends, leisurely walk through target. So those last two things I mentioned, leisurely walk through target, getting bubble with your friends, those things have been less accessible, you know, going out to bars and all of that kind of thing. People are not doing that as much. They may not feel as safe, but that doesn't mean that they can't, find other ways or that they shouldn't find other ways to seek out joy in their lives. So that conversation has now been revisited and I'm asking things like, okay, let's redo that. What is your self-care COVID edition? So maybe that becomes a 30-day challenge, a 30-day yoga challenge with your friends from afar. Maybe that's social distance walking or Zooms on happy hours or that sort of thing. So it's really been about being adaptable and recognizing, okay, just because all of this crazy is going on on the outside, that doesn't mean that you shut down and you don't prioritize your mental health and the things that make you happy. I believe that you know, what you just said is so important. You got to prioritize your mental health. You 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 got to reach out. And you got to do things, and we just cannot let this pandemic just. Um, just take us and just shut us down. We got a caller on the phone. Warren, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome to... You got a question for our great guests? Yeah, I wanted to piggyback earlier on the co-host, like, talking about, you know, being a single father and going through therapy, you know, with his kids and how that helped a lot. So I have a lot... I have a little sister, little brother, and a gang of nephews, all ranging from, like, 5 to, like, 12 years old. And I just wanted to kind of... You know, they're, they've all been through in their respective grades going through this pandemic and quarantine, you know, just at home, not being able to socialize and stuff. So it, obviously they're young and it's kind of maybe a little before therapy age and all that. So I was just wondering, like, what kind of habits I can kind of build with them to, you know, just be open in that sense and just be ready for, you know, just that emotional vulnerability that something like therapy could provide. Juan, thank you so much for calling. And, you know, you said earlier, maybe that's pre-therapy age, but I want to tell you, I've seen clients as young as four or five years old. And so it is not something that is just reserved for people over a certain age. Uh, The Mm -hmm. other thing is, 
This is a really great question because so many parents and teachers are having to revisit their approach to school and socializing given the pandemic. So it is super real. Uh, mental health, we, we still haven't seen the impact of the pandemic on mental health long term, especially on kids who their developmental stage is really all about socializing. And that has been inhibited in many ways. Mm-hmm. So I think that You know, I've read articles uh, here and there, and the things that routinely come up are structure. So having it so Mm. that kids can feel contained by a certain routine. You know, this is when we brush our teeth. This is when we clean up. This is nap time. This is when we wind down. This is when the lullaby is and that sort of thing. So that even though there's so much crazy in the external, they still feel like they have a, a semblance of normalcy in the internal world as well. Mm, awesome. And then if you don't mind, it's a little two-parter where I have, you know, the, the second half that's uh, of my older, like younger siblings and little nephews mm-hmm. that are around middle school age. And it's kind of, I guess whether or not they're in therapy, it's like, what can I do as, you know, an uncle, an older brother to kind of just encourage that dialogue at home and for them to not feel afraid? Because we do come from a kind of old school family, you know, where the love is there. And it's all felt, but maybe it's not there verbally. So I want them to be able to have that as well, you know. Totally. And I appreciate that because I know that tough love, machismo, all of that stuff can be very (laughs) much a norm. And so I think that one of the most important things that you could do, Juan, is if one of your your sister or uh, a younger cousin is coming to you and they are upset, You know, a lot of times our family tells us, don't be sad, don't cry. And, of course, that is coming from a very well-intentioned place. But you want to tell your kids it's okay to be upset and sort of be there. And if they do cry, you know, be there with them and don't make them feel, don't pathologize them for that. That's a very human experience. So much has been taken away and, and there's a lot of grief to be felt. And I think just being comfortable with that, of course, you don't want to see your little nieces and nephews upset, but I think just mm-hmm. allowing them to have that space and, and knowing that they can come and talk to you about it is invaluable. Definitely. Awesome. Thank you so much. That really helps a lot. You know, hey, I'm definitely going to take that Thank back. To them. you. Fantastic question. And Noah, uh, you and I have both uh, been single uh, parents. Yep. And don't you wish that we would have had a therapist uh, like Lydian uh, when we had these type of problems? I'll tell you what. I mean, she, she's excellent. And I was lucky enough to be able to have a uh, a therapist for my kids growing up. And that's what that was the first part of my question when I had asked Lillian earlier is it was probably the most invaluable thing that I have done for my family. And all three of us, not even just my kids, myself included, gained so much wisdom and peace, inner peace from the therapy. It is so invaluable. And so the second part, when we got cut off, that I wanted to ask mm-hmm. Lillian about was if somebody's listening out there and obviously we talked about the stigmas and, you know, the pride thing, you know, I'll get to it later. What would you say to somebody that's on the fence about therapy that might reassure them that, Hey, this is the right path. This is something that's actually going to benefit you. You're going to get a healthier you if you make this choice. Of course, I, I would say that there's nothing wrong with therapy. I would say that Therapy is cool. This isn't just a place for people that are broken. I think I mentioned that earlier. A lot of people think that, oh, you go to therapy, something must be wrong with you. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. We all need someone to talk to. And that doesn't make you weak. That doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. If anything, it means that you have the strength and self-awareness to be able to ask for help, which is something that we all need. We all need someone to lean on. Uh, that's a great answer, and I actually think that I've always thought this, and I'm going to say it on air, and I'm sure you agree with it. I think everybody, regardless, as you just said, you don't have to be going through something traumatic. Everybody can benefit from therapy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lillian, um, before the show, you said one of your future goals is introducing diversity at a younger age. Can you kind of explain, what, uh, summarize what you mean by that? 
Yeah, absolutely, Michelle. So I recall being in first grade and I remember watching these videos in my classroom on various cultures and we would learn about uh, different customs, different holidays, food and all of that. And I thought that that was, I mean, looking back, I think it's so incredible because I feel like so much um, hate comes from just being unfamiliar. And sometimes I think about what if diversity was introduced at a younger age and there was more understanding and therefore less fear, less of um, us and them mentality where you are um, othering groups of people and not seeing them as human. Wow. You know, I like your style. Can you tell us about your vision of grounded therapy? Absolutely. So one day I will be doing therapy in a greenhouse or somewhere overlooking an incredible view. As I mentioned, nature is so grounding for me and I feel like there's a sort of a refresh that happens immediately when you're in nature. You just it's like it's a breath of fresh air, literally, figuratively, all of the above. Um, and so in addition to that, I want to do more speaking engagements just like this. And uh, I think I mentioned earlier to Michelle's point about introducing diversity at a young age, maybe one day writing children's books and talking about this sort of thing. I think that that would be really exciting. Wow. You know what? Uh, I tell you, how can I listen to the audience? If they want to contact you and get more information about uh, your therapy, uh, your practice, and, and about you. How can they get in touch with you? Probably the best way is my email address, and that is grounded1therapy at gmail.com, grounded, the number one, therapy at gmail.com, and my website is groundedtherapy.info. Uh, I'm also grounded1therapy on Instagram as well, so the same as my Gmail. Lydia, it's been a absolute pleasure having you on the show today wish we had more time you know but uh you know what i am going to invite you back if you have the time to come and tell us a little bit more about you so i want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show i want to thank uh my great co-host uh michelle cooley uh for uh, uh always being here i want to thank my show contributor even though he's not uh on air tonight but he's always uh listening i want to thank my great producer noah dingley and i want to thank most importantly my listening audience for taking time to listen to us every night but we are always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to you about is your life i tell you we'll be back the same time tomorrow the next day and the next day, Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's your life. We'll see you tomorrow, same time. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.